0: Welcome one, welcome all. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Bricks in the Wall, the show that is trying to help you see what's past that brick wall that has been erected to keep you from the truth. And one of the major bricks on there is the study of cymatics and music and the whole intonation system that has been changed to keep you from really feeling the true power of music. Uh, I don't know if y'all know, but long ago in the 1930s, they figured out that They wanted to standardize music to a certain tonation so that everyone in the world would have the same type of tuning. But little did we know or little did the majority of the people know that this change in music was very detrimental and it changes the actual frequency and power that music has. So today I have a guest who I had met online, a very great guy, he studies cymatics. I'm sure you've heard of it. If you don't or if you don't know what it is, it's a very interesting thing that people do where you can kind of visualize and put into a visual form what music really is. You can visually see what music is through the study of cymatics. So I had this guy, Ariane and um, He's a really cool, smart guy, very chill, very calm. I couldn't ma- match his energy. I'm always like speaking very fast. I'm, I'm all over the place most of the time in my head. But this guy's so calm and so chill. Like I aspire to be that kind of ways eventually because my mind i feel it's very scattered and i try to do things to to keep it focused like meditation and stuff chanting and stuff like that but uh, this guy he's like straight up doing the thing that i want to do his leave his leaving by the forest um he doesn't follow the regular things that people do as you'll find out he doesn't sleep in a bed or he doesn't even shit on the toilet and which is very interesting it's an, something i actually aspire to do as well You'll hear about it, but I have to apologize, guys. The audio was not very great. Um, we started off like three times, and the audio wasn't that great. Um, I tried messing with the audio levels and try to get them to match and equalize, but um, it took me forever, and I kind of did do it, but then I lost the file. So I just said, fuck it. I'm going to post it raw how it is. The audio is bad, but about 30 minutes in, it gets better. I figure it out. So just power through it till then. And um, I'm sure you'll like it because this guy, he has a lot of knowledge. And he talks to you, I don't know, kind of like a guru, like a teacher. He's very calm. And he just says things as they are. He's not in a rush. Um, And I'm telling you, this is the kind of thing that happens to you once you really disconnect. I like to say that I'm disconnected and all. But my thing is... I'm sure y'all know Truth in Media, I watch a lot of media to help people understand the tricks and how they trick and how they manipulate the mind and how they insert messages into you. So all of this media, is, I'm sure, is affecting me. Um, this guy, he he, he he stays away from it. And, and I get it. I, I do too. But to me, I feel the calling to watch this stuff, see the symbolism, see the brainwashing techniques, and then help others see them so that they can awaken and then point that stuff out to others so yeah this is an an amazing interview Um, so we talk about cymatics we talk about the forest we talk about the flat earth um, different things so I hope you like this episode guys Um, I promise the next one's going to sound great so without further ado this is the interview with me my buddy Pete and Mr. Cymaticist who was his name is Arian Tellez peace and that um, you got really interested into cymatics. So can you tell us what exactly is cymatics? right right it's like a visual you're seeing visually what sound kind of looks like or, or the pattern that it generates in this ethereal realm Right, right. I think it's just amazing how God created all of this stuff, and it just it's so intricate and complex that for anyone to think that any of this is an accident or just the happenstance, like through the Big Bang, it's its ridiculous to me. It, you It's a much bigger leap of faith to believe that all of this is an, is an accident than just to go ahead and believe that there's an actual God that created all of this.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure, especially, like, that's one of the biggest things I'm— you know, creating awareness about is how heliocentric yeah, which ties into evolution and Big Bang Theory, right? Right. It's all it's all put there in front of us as like a theory to explain away the world but nobody really questions it and says like, Hey, is this really true? So I kind of people just put their trust in authority and say, Oh well, some scientist at NASA is, you know, way smarter than me, so he knows better, so
0: Right, people just blindly accept like the authority figures that are out out there.
1: Exactly. So, And I I always bring it back to people like, hey, you know, you're way smarter than, you're potentially way smarter than Albert Einstein or Isaac Newton. It's just, you know, they were basically put in front of us at a young age, like decorated as heroes to say, oh, these guys figured it out. But really, it's all pseudoscience. And it's just like, there to basically put us in mind control right where we're stuck in inverted reality and we can't even get out because it's like a mental prison
2: right
0: so right and they attack you through through everything not just music they throw it through the food through media through through all kinds of uh, different factors they attack you to kind of what i've noticed is to poison your soul and pull you away from source or god exactly
1: like we all have certain connection to spirit right and what they do is they try and sever that so that we're no longer like grounded we're no longer we no longer have like the divine energy like flowing through our bodies it's like it's all diminished and we're just like we search to to physical things for our energy like Mm. coffee or something you know like it all turns physical instead of spiritual so
0: that's so true And it's interesting because in, in all the ancient cultures, they, they usually have a creation story. And it's sort of kind of like, it sounds woo-woo, but when you really pay attention and you have an open mind, it's interesting what you can discover. Like, for example, if you look into the Hindu and the Buddhist uh, myths and philosophy, they say that Om was the first sound that created everything in the universe. It brought forth all of creation. And in, in the Hindu system, the sound created the world. So it's kind of kind of a uh, you can kind of reference it back to what I talked about earlier in the Bible it says that in the beginning was the word
1: Yeah for sure I believe that I mean I watched the old documentary I think it was Hans Jenny where he's basically introducing his cinematic experiments and he introduces it with that uh, Bible quote where in the beginning was the word and the word was God
0: And what's the name of this documentary you said so it's called hans
1: jenny it's by hans jenny and it's you can just look up cymatics and then it'll it'll pop up i think there's only so many of them so
0: how do you spell it h-a-s or h-a-a-s
1: yes h-a-n-s uh-huh. and then j-e-n-n-y
0: j-e-n-n-y okay cool i'm gonna look into that i think i must have seen this. it's probably like 20 30 minutes long
1: yeah, something like that. It's like a pretty oh, yeah. and it's like All kinds of
0: different... Yeah, I had just ideas. sent it to my buddies. Yeah, it's, it's so fascinating how, like, people are trying to figure out what's going on, but like you said earlier, they're all just, they're getting the information from the authority figures instead of, like, going out of their own way and looking for themselves what's really going on.
1: Yeah, like, basically testing out your beliefs and seeing if they're really true. Like, kind of testing out even your religion. Like, there's a lot of religious people that won't really question their religion, and it's the same thing with this kind of belief in science, right? Yeah, it's like a religion. They won't question it because they think it's just established. But it's not the case. Like it's always under scrutiny. Everything in science is always subject to become, you know, better. So that's one thing that's being forgotten. I think.
0: So true, true. I want to tell you a little story. Um, because I've. Have you taken. Are you a psychedelic person? Have you ever tried psychedelics?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah.
0: Have you had any interesting things with sound and psychedelics?
1: Well, yeah, that's what I was trying to explain when I cut out. I was basically eating mushrooms, was what made me realize that all the standard tuning music wasn't harmonious. So that's whenever I searched for new music, which was like 432 hertz and 444 hertz. And then that's when I realized, like, oh, wow, like, they're keeping this tuning away from the masses because it's healing, right? It brought me relaxation in, like, my darkest moments. So that was, like, something I found a lot of gratitude in. Like, I was grateful for sound. I was grateful for finding these, like, healing frequencies, you could say.
0: Right, right. And and I don't know if people can have ever heard the difference because it's very... The difference between the standard tuning of 440 and 432 is so minute that you can barely kind of catch it, but I found this video that does a pretty good job. So they're going to play uh, two, two uh, little pieces of music, and one of them is tuned to uh, 440, and the other one's tuned to 432, and it's it's very creepy how you can, when you listen to the difference... The true tuning of 432 does have a different sound, and it's like much more appealing and much more like uh, lifts your spirit. So here, I'm going to play this little part. And the first the first piece of music that it plays is 440 hertz. And then the second, it'll play the same sound but tuned to 432. So check this out. And now I'm 432. You hear it? You hear the difference? This is four forty and back to four thirty two. And now again, four forty. Here we go. And four thirty two. Like, the difference is very subtle, but the second one, I don't know why, but I get the sense, the feeling that I'm back in medieval times. And maybe it's because the song, this is like an old medieval song, but it gives me the sense, it has like a more, uh, how would I explain it? A more warm sound. Like, it has an echo to it that kind of has a resonance that's very inviting. Mm -hmm. What what do you, how would you explain the difference between 432 and 440?
1: So, yeah, I've like, I've, Basically, gone in depth to try and ex- like explore the differences, and they're they're minute on like a so if you look at uh, arithmetic, which connects to geometry, which connects to uh, sound. So you know, because you look at sound in soundatics, and you see geometry. And that same geometry is tied to arithmetic, which is just numbers, so we can describe the geometry with numbers. And so if you, we can actually look at the numbers themselves, 440, and then look at how they're harmonic and how it would, like, re- replicate itself in octaves. And then we can look at the number 432 and see how it would uh, break down into octaves, right? So all these different numbers have different ways that they turn into the octaves based on their divisibility, right? So I like to find harmonic frequencies by basically looking for the numbers divisible by three because that usually correlates with rotational symmetry. So like, uh, like a circle divided into three perfect parts rotational symmetry and that's what's present in nature that's what like heals our cells and usually whenever it's like binary frequencies which is what 440 is it's a binary frequency it's just divisible by two and it's like just multiplies like kind of like cancer you know just multiplies so Hmm. but but is is what they use because it goes with computers right so it's like they're using the computer frequencies on humans instead of using their natural frequencies on humans you know
0: what i mean wow that's so. interesting right that when you were saying that it makes me think of like terminator for some reason like they're trying to change everything from a human natural existence and morph it into some type of machine ai type of thing that they can kind of um put a patent on and own
1: exactly so and that's another thing that's you know you talk about that that gets into law right so i'm actually in the process of uh, removing myself from the United States Incorporated. So, there's two different governments. There's the de jure government, which is legitimate, and then there's a de facto government, which is corporate. And so, that's the whole thing about the birth certificate and our social security, right? We're in all caps fiction. Right. We're not, we're not a legal, I mean, we're not a living soul. So, um, I'm in the process of revoking that
0: being a sovereign person
1: yeah exactly being a a state national it's called
0: so yeah that's interesting like a couple episodes ago i talked to talked to some lady named ashley and she was talking about how um when you're born you're essentially given a fictitious form of yourself which is a corporatized version of you and like you said that's what that's what's representative of you like on your id and all your law papers the, what what they represent you is called your strawman. That's not your real identity. It's like a fake version of you, and they represent it to everything. Everything in your name that's capitalized in all caps is not really you. It's your corporatized version of yourself.
1: Exactly. They basically create a vessel that you are to use if you interact in commerce, right? Because in order because everything is contract law so if i need to if i want to create a contract with somebody i have to be a like party to them so if i'm trying to do parties if i'm trying to do a contract with a corporation i have to be a corporation myself so i have to use my vessel to interact with the corporation i can't be a living man and interact with the corporation because they're not like party right wow so it's like an interesting there's eight. Uh, parts to a contract to a lawful contract and if not all eight are met then every single contract is lawfully void and like, basically null. so
0: mm, that's interesting yeah that that rem- that makes me think of like all of this language essentially every language is kind of coded uh, word magic and it's used to sort of manipulate reality and get you to conform to their way of Of speaking and how they they write things down in law books and all that type of stuff
1: Exactly, it's called a diction, right? They basically Everything in court is about your verb your your uh, words, right? So your words determine your your jurisdiction So if you use the wrong words Then you're identifying yourself as a commercial entity and not, you know, a living soul or you could You could accidentally uh Basically, keeping your mouth shut is, like, the best way to not get yourself into any unwanted contracts if you don't know the law. Because by just pleading guilty or not guilty, unknowingly, you're—those are both commercial terms. So, like, people are supposed to declare their innocence, but nobody knows that. Or, like, so they'll just plead guilty or not guilty, and either way, they're in the system instead of completely— getting out of the system and declaring your innocence and saying, you know, I'm not going to sign a contract that's going to put me in prison. Right. Cause they need your signature in order to put you in prison.
0: Right. Right. And I think at the end of every court proceeding, I think the judge will say something like, do you understand what I'm saying? And in a way they're also kind of doing word magic on you where they're telling you, do you stand under what I'm saying? Like I'm over you. I'm higher than you. You're below us.
1: Exactly, they're taking jurisdiction over you because there's the land, the air, and the water, which spells out law. Oh. Yeah, those are the three jurisdictions. Say that again, say that again. So there's the land jurisdiction, the air jurisdiction, and the water jurisdiction. Those are the three that spell out law.
2: Wow. Which is what
1: creates that law. So basically, if I'm to successfully escape the system... I have to have all my jurisdictions, like met. I have to have. I have to have my superior titles. I have to have ownership of my property, my equity, my rights. I have to be uh, sui juris, a self-governed uh, civilian, and basically, you, you, you're a, you're your own government, and you can actually abide lawfully instead of legally. So police like people are going to love this right police aren't even law they're under the color of law so everything they do is under the color of law it's not lawful so it's legal but that's not the same as lawful
2: right right
1: so um that's where they they get you because they can make a command or whatever but it's not a lawful command so you don't have to obey you know even them pulling you over they're attempting to contract with you so you can you can know that contract if you didn't actually like commit a crime and violate somebody's rights right right usually a true crime as a victim and not just you know having a client, right that's not a victim right so
0: yeah, I always wonder, like, what the fuck do cops really do? Like, imagine everyone followed all the, the street rules and never speeded or never did anything wrong. Like, what would they really do? Because they're not out there really breaking, like, or um, investigating into pedophiles and the real crime that's going on in this world. Like, they let all that shit go, and then they, they pull people over for speeding a couple miles over the speed limit.
1: Yeah, it's almost like just like a money laundering right. corporation because they just get paid by, you know, the tax just like the county or whatever, whatever pays them. They just get paid by the public. So it's just, they just go, uh, what is it called? Like a welfare job, you know? (laughs) It's like a last resort kind of, but yeah, as soon as you get out of the system, you can now become like your own lawful police officer. Right? So if there's two or more state nationals together, they can both hold somebody lawfully accountable for their crimes if they're like if they both witness it. Because that's two like two jurist people that are operating lawfully under the constitution and they can actually hold people accountable for their crimes. So hmm. if there's two jurist your your own government. So it's all
0: and how did you how did you figure all this stuff out like did you read i know some of that stuff you got from that um i think it was black's law dictionary that gives out all the wordage and what the words in law yeah. really mean
1: so yeah black's law i have that and that's a great resource but to really like get all this information that i'm speaking about the best person to to watch is david Straight. Because he's got like so many years of experience in this field. And he has all the information you need to cover your jurisdiction, your status, your standing. So he really covers all the bases and main, makes sure that everybody uh, has as much knowledge as they can whenever they're in court trying to you know escape the matrix, essentially.
0: Right. So you said his name was David Strait?
1: Yeah, so straight with like GHT.
0: Okay, and where do I find him? Like on YouTube or?
1: Yeah, he's everywhere on YouTube. He's got his own website. Um, I have a, I have a couple videos on my Instagram that are just like snippets, cause his videos are usually long. But I like to like, like what is it called? Playback speed. Yeah. I like to speed it up. True. I like to speed it up a bunch, and it helps, cause he talks kind of slow. So you speed it up, and you get a nice long. Get a bunch of information in a short time. So. True, true. Like I use,
0: I think, uh, Beyond Pod on my iPhone and um, to listen to podcasts, and most of the time it's like two times the speed, so I can like listen to more and learn more, kind of like a little hack. Yeah, for
1: sure.
0: Okay, so I guess I'm going to tell you the story I had with psychedelics, and then maybe you can tell me mm, if it means anything or if it, what it makes you think of. So um, this was a couple years ago. I had taken. I had taken a pretty big dose of acid and I was laying down on my couch. I was meditating, listening to music, just chilling. And then all of a sudden I felt like my mind, my consciousness from my brain was starting to expand like out of my mind and it, it's, it's, it spread out toward my whole body and then eventually spilled over to the couch and then my floor and walls and home. And my consciousness kept expanding and engulfed in my neighborhood and eventually the whole entire planet. And it kept going to en- encompass the whole universe. And once it did that, it, I felt like my consciousness like coalesced and became a very tiny, infinitesimally small um, singularity. And once it did that, it like exploded into everything that is into all of infinity, into this whole universe. And it made a sound that I heard it like plain as day. And it, and it was a sound that I'll never forget. And it sounds kind of like the Transformers it sounds like, here, I'm going to play this little this little sound that I found. It, it's the Transformers type of, uh, when they transform, they make this weird-ass sound. And this is what it kind of sounded, so check it out. So it was a bit of that, and mixed with, like, Tibetan throat singing. And I don't know, it's just that sound. Like, it, it stuck with me, and I, and I kind of, like, replay it in my head sometimes. And it's like... What if that was maybe the sound that, that the ohm sound that the Hindus talk about in the beginning? It was like this loud explosion, basically the the beginning of this creation. What what do you think about that?
1: Oh wow, that's yeah, that's that's intense. That makes me think of a lot actually. But uh, you were you mentioned acid and the last time I was on acid, uh, it was like the most influential day of my life, right? So I, mean, I recently got into a bicycle accident where I was basically mountain biking in Denver. Like I was like 100 miles from the mountains to Denver. And I met my friend in downtown. We basically went on the path, found this area where trash can lids were clipped onto a fence. We go underneath, I hit a trash can lid, and my head, my scalp is like now hanging off my head. So,
0: I you weren't a- wearing a helmet?
1: No, I was, oh, so brother. We basically, yeah, we got to his place, and then I took my helmet off because we were like, yeah, we got here. And then he was like, oh, let me take you out for a ride. So then we just, like, I was just like, oh, this is just a stroll, right? So I wasn't thinking about helmets. I was just like, whatever.
0: You were too worried about your hair.
1: Exactly. So <laughs> I basically got scalped, right? And so I'm over here, like, just freaking out. I don't know what to do. My friends were like, we need to Take you to the hospital. I'm like, No, no, no. I just need to find a waterfall and I need some bandages. I was like, I A waterfall. <laughs> it's yeah, I just wanted to rinse off in like Sorry. a waterfall.
0: I don't even know. I was like, I was tripping out at that point. Oh, like, shit. I forgot. Yeah, you were on acid while this happened.
1: No, no, no. This was before that. So oh, okay. I was, just, I was sober, rude. but at that point, I was probably like experiencing DMT because I just got like slammed in the head. Oh, shit.
0: So you think it induced, like, an kind of an auto body maybe experience or something like that?
1: Well, for sure, because, like, at that point, basically, my scalp was, like, disconnected from my head. It was, like, hanging, and then my, my head was all bloody, and I didn't feel anything. So the fact that I didn't feel it, I was just like, well, I must be, like, experiencing some kind of energy rush where I'm just, like, so... You know, it's shocked that I can't even feel it. Like,
0: hmm. Oh, the adrenaline and all that.
1: Yeah, for sure. And then they rushed me to the hospital. And then I got there. You know, they freaking asked me, "Do you want uh, do you want to get sewed up or do you want to get stapled shut?" And I was like, "Oh no. <laughs> I was like, "I was like, just sew me up, man." I was like, "I don't want to get stapled." So the doctor's like sewing me up and then halfway through he just lets go of the strings and he's like I can't do this anymore and he walks out of the room and I'm like what Ooh. the heck just happened like did he just quit and I'm like I'm just like sitting on the bed all bloody and he comes back I see him through the window with like a staple gun walking towards the door I'm like oh man so he came and he got the staple gun he's like he's like yeah the sutures aren't gonna hold he's like I'm gonna need to staple you oh shit so I was, like, I was like, okay, go ahead. So he puts like 20 staples in my head, and I'm just like, oh.
0: Did they give you any drugs?
1: No. Oh, shit. uh, Yeah. Oh, at that point, yeah. They, they like, injected uh, numbing stuff into my scalp, like, onto the cut. That hurt. That hurt really bad. But at that point, I went outside, and I was like, or I was all bandaged up, right? They put, like, a bandage under my neck and around my head. And I'm like walking outside expecting my friends to be there and nobody's there and I'm like what the heck I don't have anything. I don't have a phone. I just have two knives <laughs> and so I'm just like and so I look around and I see some people like drinking a 24-pack and then they're all like partying because their friend got injured and he's in the hospital and they see me and they're like yo are you okay? And I'm like nah really I just got like stapled and my friends left me he's like friends left you guys fucked up bro he's like i know what you need and he gives me a bud light i'm like like, dude i don't know what to do with this and then like in like five minutes he was like hey if you want an uber i'll call you and i was like bro that would be that would save my life you know i was like please and so he did and then whenever the uber got there like i just gave him one of my pocket knives just as a payment uh-huh. he was like and he took it and he was like no nah, i can't take this and he was gonna hand it back to me and then he was like no nah. and he put it in his pocket and he gave me a hug he was like i love you bro he's all drunk <laughs> <laughs> that's, but funny. that's awesome the- but how does that lead to the asset story yeah so this is where it leads to the asset part i get back to the apartment my friends are asleep in the apartment i guess they you know, hit the ball and passed out. But that whole night, I couldn't sleep. So I was just sitting in the corner of the closet, just, like, waiting for them to wake up. And so as soon as morning gets there, my friends wake up and they're, like, thinking I'm at the hospital still, like, oh, shit, we gotta go get him. And then I hear them, and I'm like, hey, I'm right here. And then they just start laughing, like, oh, my God, we thought you were dead or something. And I was just like, nah, you fuckers, I'm still here. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, mad. It left me but uh basically he was like oh no i got a, I got a present for you and that's when he pulls out these little gel pyramids
2: um. and
1: he, he gives me a whole one he's like yeah and i just take it because at that point i'm like you know i don't know if i'm gonna die tonight or what <laughs> so, like, oh, so, so i just take it and then i just start tripping out you know I, what's your I kind of felt what you were talking about, like, the consciousness starts expanding, you start, you know, becoming one with everything. Right. And it's, like, almost overwhelming to a point, you know, it's like you start becoming more aware of things. But I was, like, you know, traumatized at that point because I was looking in the mirror just seeing, like, bandages and blood. So it was a weird experience for me. I I probably won't do acid again just because, like, that was my last experience, but you know, shrooms, you know, that's, I always have positive experiences with shrooms, so, but at that point, I was just like, you know, maybe I should just focus on healing my injury, now. Right. at that point, I was perfecting massage, so I practiced massage and Ayurveda uh, marmo techniques, and so I was always massaging other people, and so now it was like time to massage myself, because right. it was like, I was all injured, right? So, it was like a that was the moment where I switched into self healing and like self balancing, self mastery kind of mindset. So,
0: so that was the moment you started looking into that alternative uh, medicine.
1: No, I was into alternative medicine like all throughout high school because my grandmother had passed away through cancer, and I was like convinced that there was like a secret cure that they were hiding, and so I was always like looking into. You know, how sound could ki- kill cancer cells with, you know, harmonic resonance and, you know, destructive interference and stuff like that. But it's like, there's so many different ways you can heal the body. It doesn't even need to get that, you know, specific or crazy.
0: Right, right. I, I've been interested into Juvaic and all that stuff. Are you, like, certified into any of that stuff?
1: No, I basically bought the book that you use to get certified instead of like going to get trained mm-hmm. so i'm kind of doing it myself but cool. you know if i have to plan you know if i have time in the future i plan on getting trained in like a legit area where I, they can teach me how to use oils and stuff like that that would be cool
0: yeah i mean i think that's that whole alternative medicine thing is fascinating because i'm sure you've heard but um Back when the Rockefellers were first like setting everything up here in America in the early 1900s, um, they bought out the whole medical industry and the education system, and they did this report called the Flexner Report, where they went out and did um, a report saying, basically throwing out All the old and ancient and uh, alternative ways of healing, like you said, like through oils, through aromatherapy, through um, reflexology, through all different types of methods. And they basically labeled it as a cuckoo, woo-woo type of shit that that people shouldn't be into. And what they wanted to do is just push pharmaceuticals that were coming from the oil industry and push that as drugs and, and as cures. And with that, they they erased basically all of the old-world knowledge and just stuck to depending on drugs that cause harm to the body.
1: It's like the allopathic medicinal route instead of the natural medicine, you know, because they don't profit from healthy people. Nobody's profiting from me, right? I'm I'm healthy, so they're not going to want people like me or you. They're going to want people like, you know, just go eat McDonald's because it's across the street. So.
0: Yeah, fuck all that.
1: But, oh, yeah.
0: So I was scrolling through your website on your... First, let's plug your Instagram so people can check it out because you post a lot of cool, interesting stuff. What's your Instagram?
1: Cymaticist. So it's going to be Cymatic and then IST.
0: Yeah, Cymaticist. I'll put the link on the show notes and... Um... But, yeah, you post a bunch of cool stuff, but you had a link to your website. Uh, you have a website. It's, it's very beautiful. Like, it's very well made it's, it, compared to other websites that I've seen. And it's interesting because you post a lot of uh, music that's tuned or changed to 432. And your mission statement on, that, uh, on your webpage, it says, um, Together we can bring health, balance, and harmony to the earth. And in the times, we need most balance. And I think it's interesting. What made you want to w- make this website?
1: So that was basically. It was not only for me to have a selection of music that I can have at any time, where I wouldn't get taken down by YouTube for copy Strike or you know, I wouldn't have to pay anybody because it's just a free, it's a free platform. So, and it's also something that I wanted to be able to share and show people, like because I'm always telling people that 440 hertz is uh, inferior, and I want to have like. Proof. So that's why I have like those links that are informational, where it basically teaches how harmonics connects to arithmetic and how you can use arithmetic to see basically how, like just in basic ways, how four forty hertz is uh, dissonant and how the other frequencies are more harmonic. So
2: right,
0: and so all this music did you? Was it was originally recorded in four thirty two, or did you change it?
1: Yeah, it was all, usually everything on the website was originally in 440 hertz, and then I retuned it to either 432 or 444, whichever one kind of sounded better with the song. I also have a guitar, I play the guitar, so I like to play along to the songs, and sometimes, you know, I like the 444 better, because I have my guitar tuned at the 444, so you'll just see more songs recently in 444, but... So there's what, a lot of both.
0: What do you use to to change the tuning?
1: There's different uh, website converters, like there's one I use called Conversion Tool, but uh, there's also an app that I have in my phone. It's called like the 432 player, or there's also a five twenty-eight player, but I have the one that's like a four thirty-two Pro. So you can literally just put any music in your phone. And then it switches all the music to any tuning you want, either 432 or 444. That's so.
0: cool. And do you think this all this works? Do you think, like for example, is this uh, is this doing the same effect as if it were as if it were recorded in 432, or do you think it's different?
1: Well, I, re- I really test that because I have a guitar, right? So I'm always playing along to the music, and I can test uh, if the music matches the feeling of the guitar and usually like it really does like just changing the like just tweaking the sound like opens up a new like world of resonance i don't know how to explain it but it just like it all of a sudden starts getting absorbed by your body better instead of before where it was like it was like almost interfering with your body instead of absorbing with it you know
0: Okay, maybe you can help us understand explain what what why does four forty or what is the dissonance and what does it cause in the human body when you listen to music that hasn't been tuned to the classical four thirty two?
1: That's a great question. So I like to think of it as like noise, right? So whenever we're looking at cymatics, you have these nice organized geometric patterns, and then you can play certain sounds where it'll just create noise like scattered you know just mess and people that study cymatics like john Stuart reed and um uh, and just other people they kind of come to a conclusion that there's frequencies that are like basically beneficial to a to a organism and then like, destructive based on their effect if they're scattering matter or if they're organizing it and structuring it. So just by 440 hertz, you can... uh, There's actually a a study on my website where they talk about how 440 hertz creates higher blood pressure. So you have more blood pressure, and it's like it's almost putting your body in fight-or-flight mode instead of relaxation mode. Hmm. So now, now you're no longer able to heal because you're in fight-or-flight, right? So it almost creates... Uh, it puts your body in defense mode where you're more subject to chronic inflammation, which is, you know, that's what the source of all diseases, inflammation. Right. So that's like the big reason to switch music is because you want your body to be in harmony at the cellular level, always ready to heal if it's getting damaged by whatever it may be, by our environment, but just having our body ready to be in relaxation mode is what music can
0: do for us right it's fascinating and i know some people when i try to talk to them about this stuff they're like oh that's just a bunch of horseshit but they think that we're looking too much into it but even if you didn't look that deep into it if you were just to listen to like an old classical song like albinoni he's like a classical italian he has an adagio albinoni's adagio it's like so beautiful it's Mm -hmm. classical music and you know, it's it's tuned to 432, and it kind of, it brings me to tears, literally. Like, I can listen to that song and cry. It has no words, it's just classical music. So, do, do do this, people. Listen to an old, classical, beautiful song like that, and then listen to, like, a death metal song, and you can see, it has nothing to do with tuning, but just listening to that type of frequencies, the differences, it definitely changes your attitude and how you feel. Because, like I said, I w- I would cry with that other song of how beautiful it is, but with like if I listen to a death metal song, it'll like. When I go to the gym, I listen to like very heavy heavy metal to like pump me up because it really it lifts my my like you said blood pressure. It makes me like really energized. So even if y'all don't want to look that deep into it, just listening to different types and genres of music definitely changes your your attitude and how you feel.
1: For sure, they, you know there's plenty of studies on the just genre, but you know where it gets more obscure where you start going into frequency because that's more controversial because everything is standard tuning right all the brass instruments you can't retune that you have to like remake it right so it's like super inconvenient for the 440 hertz to be inferior they wanted to just all sound is the same they, they don't want you to worry about good sounds or bad sounds they want you to think all sounds are the same don't worry it's just Noise, regardless, you know, but I don't think that's the case.
0: Right. So I think if I had read that this came up upon by the Nazis, is that true? That they're the ones who who realized this and changed the tuning.
1: Uh, so that's a that's a that's a great question. That's um my belief is that basically before World War Two, like the years going into World War Two, is whenever things started being infiltrated at the highest levels. So uh, that's whenever, you know, Werner Von Braun Braun went into NASA, right, the Nazis. At that moment in time, before World War II, is whenever they basically had the influence to to convince the world to set a standard, because it was not standardized, and it was like it was almost like the first step of the new world order right, right. Yeah, everybody everybody on the same tuning 440 hertz was like the first satanic chess move right mm-hmm. so that's like what i think too is that it was created by the nazis but of course i, I wasn't there so yeah so i had read that it, and,
0: and somebody had called me out on it saying that that's not true and i don't know i looked into it and i really couldn't find a, a real source but it's crazy and I wouldn't be surprised if that was true because the Nazis were researching and, and looking at too, how to destroy essentially the body and even they were really deep into the occult and stuff so I'm sure I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's where it originally came from. And you were talking about it was the International Organization for Standardization that, that was the one that created this change, a, gl- a global kind of initiative to, to get everyone on the same page and have music played in the same frequencies.
1: Yeah, that was when that started in like the, I think it was the late 1930s. So basically around the same time World War II was developing, and that's basically around the same time also that they started changing from geocentric teachings to heliocentric teachings. And Werner von Werner von I don't even know how to say his name. Werner von Braun. Yeah, Werner von Braun uh, was instrumental along with like Walt Disney. And changing the perception of kids and generations to come to believe in heliocentrism instead of geocentrism. Right. So, and not necessarily like like Ptolemy's model, but you know just the fact that Earth is not moving and it's the center of our observable reality.
0: Right. I I really want to get into that, but I, I want to see. Pete, Pete, do you have any questions? Uh, what do you think about this?
3: No. Yeah, I totally agree with it. Like. It's kind of cool how you you experience that um, in the beginning with like the psychedelic trips and with like the music feeling the music and feeling it change you cuz I had that like, like exact same experience with um, doing mushrooms and just like listening to some like high a high like a high vibe like music that like once makes you want to dance or something or makes you relax you know or um, but yeah, no, I totally agree with you on that, and, like, I thought that was interesting. And I was... I I mean, I guess um, you listen to all those, like, uh, all those beats, I
0: guess, or, like... Binaural? The, yeah, the binaural. Yeah, tell it, what are binaural beats? Maybe you could give us a good breakdown.
1: So uh, I'll explain the best I can, but I believe it's basically creating uh, alternating frequencies, like, one in one ear, one in the other ear, right. and it it triggers, like... The brain in a certain way to like create more activity more stimulus and it's healing for a lot of people that you know need their brain to be kind of like stimulated in order for it to relax it's, it's like almost working it out like contraction expansion that kind of thing right but sound plays a big part in just like keeping our brain because i mean energy sound electricity magnetism like it's all connected it's all like the same energy just different right just like affecting. yeah
0: yeah I, I listen to a binaural beats as i go to sleep but it, um i don't really recommend it to people because what i've noticed or what i thought about is like because a lot of these videos that are on youtube they will be like eight hour binaural beats to sleep to and who knows if like they're sleeping slipping in some weird um dark shit um, in the middle of it, you know,
1: when you're having sleep. Especially, yeah, they have like subliminal programming and like a lot of mainstream stuff. I wouldn't go to that, but like, you don't even need binaural. Like, there's a lot of, just like having, I think it's the Earth's magnetic field or the Earth's field. is like 7.83 hertz. Like, I know that like nice, low vibration hum. is like a good way to fall asleep or something. Mm. It's like, it's like basically connecting you to the Earth's, you know, field, almost. Like, that's what it feels like, at least. Right. But, that's interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't. I also wouldn't recommend sleeping to music. Or, cause I used to do that when I was younger. But oh, yeah? I Why was, do you not recommend it? Well, I also don't, because I just don't want to wear earphones or headphones while I'm sleeping. Mm-hmm. But if somebody comfortable with that, then, you know, by all means, but... I'm the kind of person I don't even use a bed. I sleep on the ground. Really? Hard- Damn, yeah, I don't believe in chairs. I don't <laughs> believe in. <laughs> Hell yeah. Did you say I don't believe in chairs? Uh, I don't use chairs. Oh I don't
0: shit. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, yeah, dude I don't that's what's yeah. up. That's what's up. Uh, I had a, a podcast a while back with my homegirl Etheric Odyssey. Y'all check her out. And she said this funny thing. Um, she was we were talking about mirrors and how they can be portals. And then she said, like, I don't fuck with mirrors. And I was like, damn, that's a shirt right there. You need to make that. <laughs>
1: it's funny. But, I mean, I, I feel that. I, I kind of feel that same way. Like, even with, with TVs, that's like a mirror, too. Right, yeah, it's, it's a like, black
3: mirror.
1: And these screens, like, a yeah, like a black mirror. And mirrors also, they kind of throw off. It's almost like... Because whenever you're looking at a screen, it's like putting your perception in a box. Because you're looking to the edges of the screen. Mm-hmm. Like, your eyes are focusing on a certain box of perception. It's almost like a way to, like, kind of entrap the mind and, like, I don't know, like, program it. It's probably why it was created.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. But, it's sad, man. I watch sometimes My daughter's watching TV, and it's like, it seems like she's on a drug. She's just staring blankly at, at, at nothing. Like, if you were to, like, not look at the TV and just look at a person watching it, they kind of look like they're on heroin. Mm-hmm. They're just staring blankly, not moving. You know, like, what the fuck? And, and Terrence McKenna said something interesting. Like, imagine there was no TV and all of a sudden they introduced it and they were telling people, hey, there's this new thing that's come out and it puts people in this zombified state and they, they stay there for hours and they, they watch this for hours and hours of their life. And it's just like, it, it just because we grew up with TV is such a normal thing, but it, it really isn't. To like, just sit there and do nothing, just staring blankly and having your attention sucked up by, by, by a machine It's like, Damn, this is some occult shit right here.
1: Exactly, and at the same time, not only is it like your attention, your perception like basically corrupted, but your your body is like subject to all these, you know, frequencies that are like, and even like holding a certain remote or a controller or something, like you're conforming to their creation. Like you don't know if they created something with an intent to imbalance you or an intent to you know, throw off the harmony of your body. Like, that's what I believe shoes are. Like, they're made to sever our connection from the ground. Right. And it's like our healing energy comes from the earth. It's the negative ions that don't come through our feet. And that's, you know, severed with shoes. So.
0: so let me get this straight. You don't believe in chairs, in beds, or in shoes?
1: Well, yeah, and I also don't use toilets. Like I don't sit on toilets.
0: Oh God! Well, how do you how do you do
1: it? Well, I stand on it and I squat down and use it, kind of like like just putting a board on top of half of the toilet. <laughs> oh know?
0: my God, bro! Are you serious? Hey, but yeah, no, there's definitely something to it because uh that's how we're supposed to uh, shit, like squat it and like uh, because when you sit yeah. on the toilet, it's like I, I read something about how it's it's not the natural way to do it and it's like it. It, it kind of fucks up your, um, th- you're not supposed to do it that way. You're supposed to be squatting down and, and so it could come out easier.
1: Your rectum is straight whenever you're squatting all the way. because It has to do with your muscular balance, right? Because as, as you're squatting, you have muscles that are contracting and extending. Hmm. So you want that to be evenly, uh, a tr- you want that to be even on both sides. You don't want to have, you don't want to halfway contract your muscles and extend them That's what you're doing when you're sitting down on a chair or on a toilet. You're stopping halfway between a movement and just letting go of your muscular stability and just, you know, falling into comfort. So it's like a perfect way to sever people's balance and keep them subject to, you know, unnecessary pain and suffering.
0: Yeah, very fascinating. So y'all heard it here, folks. Go to Home Depot and buy yourselves a two x four. And um, have you ever had an accident? Like, have you yeah, ever fallen? it's Not
1: a two by four. It's like a, it's like a plank. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a foot by three foot uh, plywood plank kind of thing.
0: Okay, all right. So y'all heard it here, folks. Go to your local Ace or Home Depot and get you one. But have, I was trying to ask, have you ever had like fallen or anything? Like, lost your balance?
1: No, I mean, I I usually. But i started outside so i would just go outside and squat are
0: you serious where like on your house around your
1: house i mean i live around a forest cool so it's like just a forest i go walk out to i mean i have trails everywhere but yeah i mean it's whatever like I'll, if i want to go outside i'll go outside if i want to but I'm, i've gotten to the point where i'm so i guess trained in balance, that i I don't have to worry about like falling or I mean, I walk everywhere <laughs> barefoot outside. That's awesome, yeah, so I don't worry about like anything getting stuck in my foot or anything. It's mm-hmm. kind of just just works out, okay.
3: um I have a question. Um, do you use toilet paper?
1: Yeah, for sure.
3: because <laughs> uh, you know my mom, she's Filipino and she's like from the Philippines and growing up she was like very um they're very like third world country and she told me that they used to go out like in the back or something just squat like in a in a hole and like just uh take a dump and like use like a banana leaf to wipe her ass Oh God! I was like you know my mom's a pretty cool lady she's very like full (laughs) of love and like you know I love her so much but like I feel like like, through, throughout, like, grow, growing up and whatnot, like, she would always, like, try to, like, encourage us to be healthy and, like, do all, like, this good stuff, and I feel like, in a way, like, going through what she went through, like, like, brought her, like, a lot of wisdom, so, like, I don't I don't judge you at all for squatting on a fucking toilet and, like, taking a dump like that, because, like, you never know, like, I, I could see that, like, because um, I know, like, the, the more things you do to your body, they're, like, um the better you feel good you feel better and you feel more like relaxed and stuff and so um you you know like and i i was for a minute when i was really into like um self-discoverment and like working on yourself and i i discovered like a lot of similar stuff like that and it does make you feel better and also like helps your mind feel like oh like i'm consciously like helping like trying to help my body like do things to help my body feel better you know and like to help my exactly. mind feel
1: better. especially after like an injury or something where you have yeah. like uh your state of balance is off where you need these kind of things to help you regain your balance right you need to take action to help your body
2: so yeah yeah
0: Man it seems like you're like you you really taken action over your life and the things that you do. and it's not like everyday normal people. You've like gone out of the out of the tribe to, or essentially back into the old tribal way that people used to be. And I, when you were saying, did you that you live in the forest, did you did you pick a home near the forest on purpose?
1: basically, like my mom, she I live with her because we're kind of like working together on things but she lives really close to her work, which is a bank, which is surrounded by forest. So we live like right next to her work and I'm just conveniently located at like this empty nature trail area where it's just like, nobody lives here, it's just like a little community area. But like, we're basically working on getting land because once I revoke my citizenship, I'm gonna have access to my minor estate which, oh yeah, I should probably mention this because it's irrelevant. We're all worth millions of dollars, but they don't don't tell us and they don't want us to know because then we wouldn't be, you know, slaving for them at corporations and, you know, working at Whataburger, so.
0: Right, Whataburger. I hate (laughs) Whataburger. So uh, I think that's that's awesome, brother, because right now I'm fascinated with that. Like, my next house, I already talked to my wife. It has to be near, like, a like the forest or has to be out in the open like i don't really want to have neighbors around i want to be able to walk through trails possibly have a stream nearby and right now me and pete while well, we're sitting here in my garage we're actually watching while well, we do the podcast we watch on youtube these uh it's a channel where they basically walk through trails while it's raining and they're like in a forest right now and it's like so natural th- th- like this is where we belong not in these in these neighborhoods and cities where everything's like concrete and fake and just uh, a virtual world, like not natural at all. And I think that's awesome because I remember also one time I went hunting far away in the middle of Texas, like very secluded and it was eerily quiet. It was so quiet that you could, when you meditate and you finally get into the zone where you're really meditating and you've lost thought of everything, uh, when I'm in the city, it takes a while for me to get in that zone. But when I was out there, it would be like I instantly could get into that zone because there was no no Wi-Fi out there. There was nothing, and it was just like how different it would be if we just lived a more natural existence in nature.
1: Exactly, it's like we can feel whenever Earth is like happier, right? You go over away from all the noise in city, and then the Earth's aura just becomes like more pleasant because it's not like all bombarded with human corruption, or whatever you know, whatever they're spraying on us, whatever they're blasting on us, it's all it has evil motives behind it. But of course, the reason they have to do that is because our bodies are so strong. They they literally go through so much to try and you know kill us. It's not even funny. Like our bodies are built, you know, they're created. We're obviously creation. I'm, I don't know who's the creator or whatever, but I do believe that, you know, there is this kind of creator and we are all connected in being a creation. So
0: Definitely. definitely. Like, so by listening to you and everything that you're telling me, I'm already assuming that you're a spiritual person. Am I correct?
1: Yeah, for sure. That's like my foundation is kind of connecting with spirit and kind of like tapping into the ancestral wisdom that we all have within our bodies like our genetics or you know just like just thinking about your like what would my ancestors be telling me if they were right here right right so. mm-hmm.
3: that's a good like that helps your conscience too especially to like think that and be that because it is true you know
0: um, so right now, as you were saying about um, how quiet it, is, I was also mentioning how quiet it could be out there in the country. I wanted I wanted to share with you another story of psychedelic story because I've, I've done psychedelics like I don't even know, maybe 500 times, but I had I had this other experience that um, that really left me like, Thinking because I'm sure you've know. Have you taken a lot of psychedelics? You said you did mushrooms and acid once.
1: I went through a psychedelic phase where I was just like doing mushrooms like every weekend or whatever. But so I've taken my fair share of like high dosages. Nice. And so I've definitely I've experienced out of body experience where I saw myself from a bird's eye view, like third person. It was insane. Right.
0: Yeah. Pete. Pete has also told me a story like that. It's in one of our old episodes. But here's my story. So um, when I I started growing mushrooms because I couldn't find psychedelics, and I was very eager to put some in my body. And so I grew some, and um, when I first started taking them, I was very strict. Like, I would only do it, like Terrence McKenna said, like in the dark, um, a big dose and just, like, listen to what your body's saying. So I I ate some mushrooms, and I went to go. uh, I would sit in lotus position and meditate, and... um, as soon as i take him i start meditating so i was sitting there and about an hour in um i was listening to uh, pandora on my headphones meditating and um i had the station by Spangle. do you know Spangle, the band what was it Spangle.
1: no i don't
0: know okay they're very like rare but they're like a psychedelic band they make music only for tripping and they started when um these two guys, they're musicians, and they went to go to India to find themselves and they took acid and they were like uh, chilling in the Ganges river and um, they were hearing music in their ears, and that's what that from there they started their band, and they said that they wanted to recreate those sounds, and all their music's basically trippy but there's this one song that came on while I was um meditating. I was really deep into meditation, and this song came on, and I was listening to it and um it's interesting because I truly felt like time stopped because the song, I'll play a little excerpt of it right now. Um, in my mind's eye, I shrunk and became very, very tiny and I was zooming into the music and kind of riding it like a wave and then um, I felt like I was shifting into alternate, alternate dimensions and spaces where humans can go, like very minute. Um, I don't know how to explain it, it was in this documentary about time how there's dimensions that people could never enter because they're very short uh, bursts of time that only exist momentarily. But um, so in my head, it reminded me of the movie Clock Stoppers with a mix of the magic school bus. So I feel like I shrunk down and I was watching the, the waves of the music and the way the music goes, it sounds like it's, it stops because, let me see, let me get, um, so I was seeing the vibrations and it was slowing down more and more. And then it came to a point where I felt like time stopped and I felt like this blast come out of me, like I saw the shockwave. And so I took my headphones off and as soon as I did that, my AC shut off, like the house had already cooled so the AC turned off automatically. And it was eerily quiet, like too quiet for the city. It, I mean, given it was like two in the morning, but still, I mean, you couldn't hear any cars, any animals. And my fridge, which, which is was usually loud back then, like didn't make any noise and I I thought it was weird so I got up and I walked over to my fridge and I opened it and the lights were off so it was like my fridge stopped dying or in the in the moment I was thinking what if time really did stop by really stopped and I opened the fridge and I'm going too fast that the time the the light doesn't have time to turn on so I was starting freaking out and then I started thinking, wait, maybe the fridge just the fridge just broke. So I unplugged it and plugged it back in, and nothing. It wasn't doing anything. And I was like, "Fuck my fridge!" <laughs> and I was about to start sinking into like a dark spiral of like bad thoughts, but then like that song by um, Bob Marley came on. We jammin', and Bob Marley. I love Bob Marley. He has another song that okay. he says, yeah. uh, "Just dance your troubles away." So I thought of that. So I just started dancing, and I slammed my fridge. And it started humming again. And I was like, wait, what the fuck? And I opened it and it, it was working fine. And I was like, wait, what What was that? What is going on? And I've had many experiences like that on psychedelics. And it's like the mind is so powerful that I feel sometimes where we really believe in something, we can cause change in this material universe. And here, let me just play an excerpt and see, see what you think about this. Because this is um, Spangle, and the song is Tickling the Amygdala. So check this out. Uh-oh. you see how it kind of sounds like time is slowing down like everything's coming low and it
1: yeah yeah. you know that that's crazy because what you just described like your experience like is so eerily similar to my experience the first time whenever i had the same realization that music wasn't like what, what i thought it was i um I was that night, I was trying to, you know, feel better. So I turned on the Xbox I had at the moment. Nice. And I had to connect with my friends because they were all online, right? And so I'm over here, like, I turn the Xbox on, it turns on, and the TV is black, right? And so I'm just like waiting for the TV to stop being black Uh because I turned the Xbox on, the TV's on, but the TV's still black. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, what's going on? So, I turned the TV off, I turned the Xbox off, and then I tried it again, and it's still black. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, something's not right. And so I just stay away from the Xbox. I'm like, obviously, I'm not supposed to be on the Xbox. And then, and then I go and I turn on the lights to my room because the Xbox was emitting the light. And the light didn't work. And everything was pitch black. And I was like, just like so confused as to why... I wasn't seeing light and so I went and laid on my bed and I started listening to music and as I'm listening to music I start realizing that the lights are on and I'm like tripping out like holy shit Did, was I unable to see the light like I was wow. I was just like, I was just so confused because like the lights were on in the room but I couldn't see it was like black in my vision Wow. it was like blue
0: that's interesting. Yeah, it's things like that. Like with, uh, so many weird things happen when I'm on psychedelics. And I know people are gonna want to say that it's me on drugs, but no, I've taken enough drugs to know when I'm, when things are wrong and when things are like something's something's not making sense here. Like other times, mm-hmm. I'll be on on my like I'll be on acid and or on psychedelic, and I'll go on my phone and it's like glitching. Like, it's doing some weird shit where like I'll try to open an app and it won't open or like. I'm typing something and everything closes out and I'm like, what is going on? How come this never happens when I'm sober or nothing, nothing, I'm not tripping or anything?
1: Exactly. It's like our magnetic field is so powerful. It's like so stimulated. It's like disturbing things. If you, uh, if you've never heard of Grandmaster Wolf, no. he's like a, oh man, you gotta, you gotta watch. So Grandmaster Wolf, what he calls himself, he's basically, uh, you call him like a monk figure but what he does is he hones his energy and he uh, basically demonstrates what the body is capable of and it's crazy so he uses his chi his energy to create cymatics on a bowl of water just like with his hand and so like that's the kind of it's basically like the force right he's using the force he's And he also puts little pieces of paper in his hand, and he can set a flame to them. Wow. The same as that there's a Chinese man who has the same capabilities, and he's a healer. So in in China, people go to him to get healed, and he can send powerful shocks through the body. So it's like I use electric uh, machines for massage sometimes, like little low-voltage therapy pens. And it's the same thing that happens whenever he touches people. Hmm. Their whole body, the whole muscles contract, and people like have to ground the body because it's so powerful. But that's what I mean. Like, our bodies are capable of so much. We don't even, we aren't even capable of comprehending. Like, he's basically demonstrating like telekinesis, like telepathy, like probably telepathy. I mean, who knows? But I mean, you just have to check him, check him out, check out his videos. He, he does a really good job at kind of like describing the awareness that encompasses everything.
0: Right. and, and I, That's so true. And I feel most people would like deny that or be like, whatever. But you have to experience something like that to really understand, what like to really believe in it.
1: Exactly. And it's like some people are going to believe in themselves enough to accept that as a possibility. And some people won't.
2: Cool.
3: Um, do you think like it could be like just his like magnetic field, like being very charged? He's able to, like, just I think, like
1: I think it does have to do with like our magnetic field because, like, especially with static electricity and stuff, like how that can create uh, the same effects essentially, but um. But yeah, everything that our body is, is probably like has a magnetic effect. And, you know, I don't think it's like supernatural or anything. It probably is explainable perfectly. It's just nobody's tapping into that portion of themselves. And I think it almost does have to do with like how well you're uh, grounded in the earth's magnetic field Mm -hmm. in order to tap into the energy coming from the earth. Cause it's almost like you're just becoming a medium for the earth to send energy through. Wow. You're not really sending energy from yeah. your body. You're just like coming one with the energy already present everywhere, you know? Right.
0: So. right. And then that makes me think of th- That's one of the main reasons that they poison you through every type of avenue, through media, through the food, through wearing shoes. Like they do all these things to disconnect you from the, from being, uh, like you said, a medium for the energy.
1: Exactly. And like there's kids, you know, they're known as like special kids that, you know, usually they're kids uh, that have these gifts because they just haven't been tainted yet. Right. right? But really inherent in us all, they just get, you know,
0: diminished. uh,
1: Yeah. They get diminished. They get imbalanced. They get twisted. They get shifted. So it's our, it's our duty to kind of reconnect the spirit and undo all the the things we did to our body to take it away from balance and bring it back to balance, you know?
2: Right,
0: right. Okay, so uh, when I was going through your Instagram, I saw that you do a Marma movement. What is Marma movement and Marma therapy?
1: Yeah, Marma movement is something I kind of, I guess, invented. I created it. I just made it up. (laughs) But it's just the idea that, are marma points, which is in Ayurvedic marma therapy. So they're, it's kind of the same as like acupressure points, but it's like the Ayurvedic version. But essentially, they're at places of importance, like intersections of arteries and like where uh, tissue uh, connects and where it's all bunched together. Right, like Those are the places that usually fall where a marma point is. But usually, like, one thing I teach people whenever I'm, like, massaging them is that every single mark on our body, like a mole or, you know, a set of freckles or something. A birthmark. Exactly, birthmarks. They're all indicators of where our body is, uh, has a weakness, basically, where it's the energy is not flowing as well as everywhere else. So that's why um, whenever I'm massaging people or... I guess like helping them balance themselves. I always start on their mold because mm-hmm. as soon as I, uh, as soon as I make contact with their mole, it like opens up a portal into their weakness. And now they're like, you know, feeling something they never felt before. Wow. And it's like, it's like straightening their teeth out, you know, it's like doing things like helping their vision, you know, helping their nose clear up, stuff like that, you right. know.
0: Have you ever had someone, um, like, cry while you're massaging them?
1: I mean, I've had people give me hugs afterwards and give me money and stuff, and I'm just like, I usually massage for free. I don't charge anybody, so it's just, like, one of those things I do for people because I think we all deserve this kind of That's fucking awesome, brother.
0: That's so awesome. Like, that's the thing I'm talking about. We all have gifts and powers in us, but through the media and through society we're all taught that we're just normal whatever people but no i i feel each one of us is born with some type of superpower or some type of calling that if they answer it and go toward it they can like really help other
1: people i mean that's an important thing to get across to people because everybody kind of thinks they need to work somewhere you know to have money right like I'm saying, like we're all millionaires. We don't even know it. Right. Right. So, but that's the kind of mindset you want to have. Like, but it's not even just a mindset. Like, it's the truth. We are all millionaires. We all have a SESTA trust where, you know, whenever we're born, basically they give us eight years to claim our minor estate. So whenever we're eight years old, we have access to millions of dollars and we don't even know. Hmm. So, and it's all based on the SESTA-QV Trust Act from 1666.
0: Right, yeah, S- that, that's very, okay, break that down because in 1666, I think it was a pope that sent a decree basically saying that all men are like dead at sea or something like that?
1: So they're lost at sea until they come back and claim their minor estate and become competent and like, uh. basically become alive. Right. So it's, to QV means he who lives. So it's based on like, uh, it's basically claiming everybody as a dead legal fiction at birth. Right. And then whenever they're competent, they're supposed to come back and claim their minor estate. And then they get rewarded with the trust that we were promised in order to, because the whole reason that we have this trust act is because our ancestors were convinced into accepting it because they were, Told they were going to get millions of dollars when they reached of age, right? So mm-hmm. it, people just lost uh, the knowledge of how to access that money and started working for people for money. Mm-hmm. So, but it's the reason nobody has access to it is because they identify as a 14th Amendment citizen, which makes you not a party to the Constitution. So usually, Like I said earlier, in order to be contracting with somebody, you have to be like party. So if you get caught doing something and you want to use the constitution to defend your inalienable rights, you can't use it because you're not a party to it. You have to use the constitution that was created by the USA Inc. Hmm. So it's like a different constitution that's in all caps. So we have a constitution that's the United States for America, And then we have uh, the United States Constitution, like in all caps, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just like they throw us off. They don't teach us the difference. They don't teach us uh, what they mean or, you know, they don't teach us anything about how the IRS Mm -hmm. isn't the same as the Internal Revenue Service, right? Mm -hmm. So like everything that they – it's all wordplay, like you said earlier. It's Mm -hmm. a word magic. They're using words to obscure – and like, lead you down a path that they've predetermined for you.
0: Yeah, so. Yep. When you play their game, you're like in their field playing by their rules, and you don't even realize you can leave that play field. Like, you don't have to abide what they by what they say. Earlier, exactly. Earlier, when you were talking about freckles and, and birthmarks, um, I had heard somewhere, I can't remember where, but they said something about how back in the day in the tribe and stuff, when a person was born with a birthmark on their head, the shamans would come and take that child and, like, raise him and, and teach him the ways of, like, shamanism. And and it's weird because when I was 15, I started noticing, like, I have a big-ass birthmark on my head, forehead. Right here, you see it, Pete? Yeah, I do. And it looks, it's giant, right?
3: Yeah, I remember seeing it at work when I, when I first met you was Like, damn, that
0: dude looks weird. Yeah, so it looks just like the Harry Potter fucking thunderbolt, and it's like right on my forehead, on top. And I was like, "What the fuck is that?" I never thought anything of it until somebody said that about the shamans. I was like, "Wait, what the fuck?" I'm, I'm like, I've always felt a calling towards psychedelics and like the weird, the being out in the fringes of society, not really following the rules of society, but like trying to find something out there and bring it back into society. And I'm like, "Damn!" And then now you telling me about the moles and all that stuff is like. Man, that's crazy because also I have moles, like I have a mole on my right arm and two on my left arm, and my daughter has the same moles in the same exact spot, and it's kind of freaky. What do you think that could mean?
1: So that makes perfect sense. So what the moles kind of signify is like, uh, kind of like there's something getting kinked, right? Like think of a hose. If a hose gets kinked, the energy stops, the water stops flowing out as much, so... The, the moles kind of signify where our body has kinks, where our body has places that the energy is used to being like inhibited. So what you can do is you can use moles to help your body grow stronger because, you know, it's like it's like your body's telling you where it needs help, mm. right? So whenever you pay attention to your moles, and because they're usually along muscle groups, right? So we have like muscle groups that are all connected and you'll sometimes find moles along the same muscle group throughout the whole body. It's like all connected through the same nerves. uh, Sometimes it's It's like across the body diagonally or something like, like your left hand to your right foot or something. Mm. But uh, it really just depends on each person uniquely, like where their mole is and how it connects to their other moles and stuff. But usually, by caring and giving attention to your moles and your marks, you can um, really address the most uh, tense areas in your body, which are gonna lead to like disease in the future. You know,
0: mm. that's so fascinating. Like they don't teach us any of this stuff. And like if you were to tell this to a to a random person, they would just roll their eyes and like walk away.
1: Uh, it's it's something that people have to really want like you have to learn the hard way and then realize like oh vaccines just hurt me instead of heal me you know like something something like that where you know at that same moment whenever I got stapled in the head the doctor he was like uh, do you have your vaccine do you have your tetanus shot and I was like you know I was so like discombobulated like I just got stapled in the head and I was like I don't know like I don't really want it and he's like whoa well, there's people all over the world dying because they don't get their tetanus shot and i'm just like oh shit dude well give it to me then. <laughs> <laughs> and like so, so like of course i'm already thinking i'm dying and he's like trying to put that fear on me so i'm like give into it in the moment but mm. afterwards i was like man i bet you that, fucking, that vaccination he gave me like just created more harm more turmoil in my body as it was, like, already dealing with, you know, a scalp head, so,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it was right. like, that's when I realized that I shouldn't trust doctors ever again with any kind of shot.
0: Right, so. exactly. Um, I mean, if you are, just look at it, do you think a hospital wants sick people or cure people? Like, it's so simple, people, like, they want to keep you there and keep you giving them their, their drugs that will keep, that will give you side effects that you need to go back to the hospital. It's all, uh, like, a, Big farm is just a huge Ponzi scheme just to keep people sick. Exactly. So, um, let's see. Earlier you were talking about um, that you don't sleep in a bed. You sleep on the floor. How long have you been doing that?
1: Well, that started... Uh, that basically started whenever I started uh, traveling throughout the country on bike. So, the first time I took a bike trip 700 mile trip really the whole time yeah i was i was sleeping on the side of you know the roads places i was sleeping in campsites and you know and then i would occasionally meet like a amazing group of people and they would like offer me their cabin for the night and pick me up because dude i have so many stories like because of course like i just told you i went 700 miles on a bike so it's like 21 days of just like just riding a bike on your own just experiencing the earth for like every mile you earn it's like it's something crazy like nothing like driving across the country it's like you literally have to plan out where you're gonna stop you have to plan out like how much food you have if you're good on water like sometimes you don't know if you're gonna reach the next like river or like something i've drank out of a like sewer thing before I just like had to filter it Oh because there was like no water and I was like dying of thirst but I just have like crazy stories of just really the universe coming in clutch for me like blessing me for like basically showing me that they have my back the universe has my back and it really just gave me trust in everything so
0: yeah, man, we're definitely gonna have to do an episode on that. But what what made you do that, and from where to where did you travel?
1: Oh, it was really something. that, It was almost like, cause I have native family on a reservation in Montana. Really. And I was always like drawn to my like native side, cause my family kind of disconnected from their indigenous culture and kind of became like Christian. So. And then I have family that's on a reservation still. So I really wanted to go experience like how it was up there. Because I know that up there they have like crazy snow and stuff. So I had never seen snow. So I just wanted to go explore and meet my family that I had never met. And I basically got dropped off in Wyoming at some like ghost town called Rawlins. And then I just went straight north. So it took me like 21 days, I think, to get to uh, Glacier National Park in Montana. Wow. Yep.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, we're definitely going to do an episode on that. But let's get back right. to it. Um, I want to talk, because we're all talking about cymatics and sound. Have you ever messed with chanting?
1: Yeah, mantras, like, that's a big part of Ayurvedic medicine. Like, they have a I have a postcard where it, tells you about each chakra and how each one is connected to uh, a mantra and so these words are, st- are to be said like 108 times for each chakra so it's supposed to really like hone in each center of energy in our body to where you can uh, really balance out your, your energy flow in, in case you have kind of kinks everywhere or something.
0: Yeah, that that's fascinating. Cause I used to mess with that uh, a while back while I was really into psychedelics, and whenever you really get into it, it's kind of like meditating. At first, you, I mean, it you get into it, but then you go into this moment where it feels like everything else melts away and it's just you and the sound and kind of like nothing. Like when you're like what I said when you meditate, you get to the zone where nothing else exists except pure consciousness. And I remember one time I was doing it. And eventually, like, you know, whenever you repeat a word often, like if you were to say gum a hundred times, eventually it kind of loses its meaning.
1: It sounds weird after a while. Right.
0: So after I kept doing this chant for maybe like five, ten minutes, it felt like I was transcending and like disconnecting from this world and going like somewhere else. Kind of kind of like astral projecting, maybe. But when I felt Mm. that my body felt like it was shaking and I kind of like it kind of spooked me and I stopped. But I wonder how deep you can go. Like, if you were to study this kind of stuff at a monastery, like, I wonder how deep they go when they're really chanting for, like, hours.
1: For sure. And that's what uh, Grandmaster Wolf is tied into. Like, he comes from, you know, the mountains of Tibet, where they do, like, with monks. Like, he actually came from the monks. So he's got, like, all this knowledge on, like, what they do. But, like, that's probably the closest I've got to peering into the ancient practices of the monks, like, the whole, like, throat singing, and, uh, just, like, really super connected with spirit, and is like, a lot of people will look at monks and be, like, oh, those guys are just out there sitting, wasting time, like, they don't care about nothing, but people don't realize, like, the most important thing we could take care of is our body, and these monks are out there, like, 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 Training their body to be like prepared for anything, right? right. So, yeah. Like that's that's pretty dedicated to an important cause in my opinion, but right. Like-
0: so let here, let me just read out because I was doing some a little bit of research before, and here are some of the benefits that you get from chanting the powerful mantra of Om. Uh, so it helps reduce stress, it improves concentration, uh, you can balance your emotions it strengthens your spinal cord, you can mitigate stomach stomach issues, improve heart health, improve mental alertness, and helps you rid yourself of negativity. And it's like, just these simple things. Try them out, people, like, I don't know. There's a lot of things out there that people could be doing to make their lives more connected to source, but it's just like, they hear them, and like I said earlier, they roll their eyes, or they don't believe in it, and they kind of just brush it off. But if you really tried it, like, it's not going to harm you. Just try it for a couple of days. And if it doesn't work, then just stop. But if you were to get into that type of practice, you'll definitely notice a change in your life.
1: And like something people can try and feel, like, guaranteed is breathing exercises. Like, that's, like, one of the most powerful keys that we have. Like, I think it's even in the Bible. Like, through, I don't want to get it wrong, but basically God breathed life into man so it's like the the breath is the soul while we breathe the more we breathe the more filled with soul our body is so Mm -hmm. it's like we want we want to optimize our breathing we don't want to get caught in patterns of like low or what is it called shallow breathing right where it's you're not accessing the really deep part of your lungs there's no real expansion happening it's just like you're just in your comfort zone, right? So and a lot of it has to do with everybody's out of balance by like sitting on chairs and using toilets and stuff. So whenever they breathe, their body's like expanding in a twisted way. So if you want to really like optimize the energy flow while you're breathing, it's best to like, I mean, barefoot, sit down on the ground, let your body, uh, relax all of its joints so they're not like tense and holding like stress
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then that's whenever you can really hone in your your energy that's balanced and not all tense
2: right yeah
0: that's so important because like you said most people are shallow breathing they're not breathing in deeply which can cause problems you, you think it's nothing but really you need to breathe deeply and like fill your lungs with air and, and exhale and like relax yourself and like you said it's also very important that people they don't realize but a lot of the times you are like holding tension on your back or on your neck or your muscles are stiff and it might be minimal but this this will affect your your, your body over time so like you said that's yeah, very important to like completely relax everything and just kind of like breathe in and be in the moment and be appreciative and have gratitude and these little things they sound like nothing right now and when I'm saying them I'm kind of like oh whatever but they definitely do have some type of effect and I don't know I don't know why any of this isn't taught in schools if they could just teach this to school like teaching kids how to ground like you're talking about being uh barefoot on the ground uh this is called grounding right what is
1: grounding can you explain it For sure, it's basically like our body is like a a conductor, right? We are a conductor, we have our own energy, so when we stand on the Earth, we're absorbing the uh, electrons, the, the negative ions from the Earth, and our body is like basically powered by it, it's like energized by that. And it's well known that the positive ions are actually more harmful to our body it's like pulling energy from our body because like we're filled with negative ions and so when this positive ion comes it's like pulling away so that's what kind of emits from our phones and like our wi-fi and stuff like that like all this positive ions Mm. where it's like pulling energy from us and like creating a defense putting our body in defense mode instead of healing mode and harmony so Right, Uh, but everything has to do with basically just standing barefoot on the ground, and if the if the ground is wet, it makes it like more powerful. Oh yeah, because everything is connected. Yes.
2: Wow,
0: damn, that's awesome. See, like I wonder how people discovered all this stuff. I don't. Yeah, like Pete always tells me this thing about like live through the live through the soul and not the ego, and if you live more through the soul, you'll be more in touch with like these subtle things that your body's trying to tell you, but. But because like like you're being bombarded by Wi-Fi signals, by cell phone signals, by by all this type of uh, ambient stuff that's attacking your 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 aura essentially, it keeps you from like really feeling and really being intuitive and doing the things that you need to do to be a a prosperous, more um, connected to nature human. I don't know if you've seen, but um, the Indians, the Native Americans, they had these shoes that had like these metal plaques on the on the bottom. So it wasn't like you were barefoot. It was like you're completely grounded and co- completely connected to the earth. Have you seen those?
1: I actually have those. That's crazy because it's definitely true. Like they had all kinds of copper and silver. Right. Uh, so they use that to for energy. Like the turquoise is sacred. It has to do with like energy as well. But yeah, I mean, uh, you said something I forgot. I was going to... Mark
0: from it, but I forgot it. Well, we should start a shoe company where we like put that kind of stuff in the bottom. Maybe we'll become uh, millionaires and we'll start waking people More up. Like
1: uh, some moccasins that are grounding, right? Yep.
0: Right. Um, so I- I'm looking here through your profile, and now I, I lit a joint. We're gonna start getting a little wild now. I don't know. M- my whole thing about flat earth is I- I'm on the fence. I don't know. Um, I heard someone on the podcast say something interesting like. It's just a waste of time. Like, it doesn't really matter the shape of the earth or anything. But I, I, I like to look into it because I, I think there's definitely something into it. Pete, do you think, what do you think about the flat earth? Do you think the earth oh, is... Oh,
3: man. I I'm not sure, to be honest. It could be all fake, right. <laughs> to be honest. Uh, that's
0: what I think. <laughs> I see you post a lot of stuff about flat earth. And I, I have right here in front of me this one post that, that really caught my eye. And I wanted, I wanted you to explain it to me. It's basically a picture of the whole earth from above, like a, a flat earth, but it's round. Uh, I mean, it's like a circle, a flat circle, I mean, and within it is the the yin-yang symbol, and on one side you have the sun, and on the other side you have the moon. Can you explain to me what this post
1: is? So that post kind of represents the movements of the sky, right? So the yin-yang has that uh, energy flowing in one direction, and from above, if you were to look at the sky from above, I mean, you'd see the sun or the sky, the luminaries, if you will, traveling in a circle around the North Pole. So this is a really deep subject. And I used to be like, it's kind of funny because like, I got into it because my sister came up to me and she was like telling me stuff about Flat Earth. And I was like, and I had already heard a whole bunch of stuff about it, but I was on the fence like you guys and I was just like, I didn't really think it was worth my time, basically, and my sister was like convinced that it was the truth, and she had just like gave me some little rebuttals that made me think like what? I'm like no, this is I'm gonna prove you wrong. I'm gonna put this to rest. Like no. So I go and I'm like looking at the claims that are being made by these flat earthers, right? Right. And I'm like looking at their claims, and I'm like wait. They're not making any claims. They're just asking questions.
2: Right, yeah.
1: So, and so now I'm like, whoa, well, what are they asking? And they're just asking for proof of the claims that are being made by the people that believe in the globe. Right. So it's really just like, hey, if you're going to tell me something, I want you to prove it to me and not just expect me to believe, it, right? So that's the basis of flat earth, what we call flat earthers. It's just people that, Question what people can't prove firsthand like if i if if I tell you something and I want you to believe it is true, you know i won't, I better have some kind of evidence or proof or mm-hmm. observation, experience, something, right? And so with this whole uh, heliocentric model, there's it's only it's recent. so there's only so much that's and they teach us it's old. They teach us it's like thousands of years and that oh, we've known forever it's the Earth's a ball. But it's like, they also teach us a lot of other things that are wrong. So let's just go about reality based on what we can experience and observe firsthand, right? So I always ask people that believe in the Earth to be a spinning ball. Okay, well, what's your best proof? Like, like you you got to believe in it for some reason, right? Like, Not just because somebody told you so what's your best proof and usually it's pictures and that's like come on man you don't have anything to demonstrate that the ground you're standing on is a ball or that it's spinning or orbiting like that should be pretty easy to demonstrate right if i had a if i had a spinning rock i can actually put a pendulum on it and watch the pendulum go crazy because it's on a moving surface but I go out and put a pendulum on the surface of Earth, it's going to go dead still because there's no motion, right? right? We can use that fact as a practical scientific fact to create instruments like the seismograph, where that's how we determine, you know, how much an earthquake creates movement with the principle of a pendulum only being still on a rest on the surface at rest Right. so there's a lot of experiments that we can do ourselves that directly conflict with the claims that the earth is a ball or that it's spinning or that the sky is a vacuum or that the moon is a big rock and that we've landed there you know like <laughs> people people will believe anything if they have like a good enough reason to right so it's like, it's like a religion. It's not, there's no science to back up these beliefs in a globe or a a heliocentric model Or like, people will tell you that, oh, well, Jupiter is a gas giant and, oh, uh, Mars is a a red planet that's, you know, got no atmosphere and all this stuff. Like, they're just making it up. Like, they're looking at lights in the sky, watching them move, and then determining from that that well, they're probably the same as what I'm standing on, right? right? But it, it's not scientific. It's not demonstrable. Right. So until we go and touch the moon ourselves, we won't be able to say it's a rock. And people think we have done that, but I mean, it's just like a joke at this point. It's a huge fraud. Right. The whole NASA is just like a money laundering organization that's like probably satanic, right? right? So, yeah.
0: Well, the name itself, Nasha, means to deceive in like Hebrew, old ancient Hebrew.
1: Name also, uh, so it like reorganizes to form the word Satan. If you use the the red, the red like symbol as this as the T, it creates the name Satan.
0: So. All right, damn. Yeah. But. I, uh,
1: go ahead. I'm just gonna say like. The biggest thing for flat earth, like, I don't like to call myself a flat earther. I like to call myself a globe skeptic. So that way nobody can ever put the proof, put the burden of proof on me, right? Right. Because I'm not making any claims. I'm not saying anything is true. I'm saying, hey, you said this is true. Now prove it or admit that it's a belief and that you don't have proof, right? So I basically put them on the spot and say, hey, look, you're either going to admit that you have a religious belief or you're going to give me proof for your belief, which I know they don't have. So I basically can debate anybody and then kind of put them in their place as a believer and not uh, somebody that knows, you know.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're just asking questions. It's, 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 it's a very weird thing to talk about because, like I said, I don't know. I don't subscribe to anything. Until I can go up there myself and see, I'm not going to just take take anybody's word for it.
1: And it's just like another thing where it's like this information, it's being like taught through government curriculum. So it's like obviously something they want being emanated. And this whole like SpaceX and NASA, it's like really mainstream right now. They're talking about going to moon, going to the moon again, which means like they're going to fake it again. You know, there's something about Mars, and like it's just sad that people are so like lost in space, just like just holding on to this model that they believe in, but they don't even realize it's like it's like a fantasy that was basically created by the same people that make Disney movies, right? right? So yeah. it's like it's like if Walt Disney went to go hire a mathematician to say, Hey, Invert reality for me and put it in a mathematical model so that way I can teach it as true, but it's so close to the truth because the truth inverted that people will never realize, right? So like the sky, they tell us the sky is still and that we're moving, but that's not true, right? We watch the sun go across the sky every day so we can like observe that what they're telling us is the opposite of reality, right there. They tell us that um, the ground is a ball, right? So that means that we have to be able to have a certain distance that we shouldn't be able to see because we're supposed to be obstructed, our view is supposed to be obstructed by a radius, by, like a bulge, right? Mm-hmm. The distances that we can see conflict with the alleged Geometric horizon that the earth should have if it's a spheroid or if it has spherical geometry to it And I recently just posted a post on how They take our perspective and use it against us to tell us that we're standing on a ball, right? So like if you're looking at the Sun rise in the sky The angle is slowly going to get bigger and bigger and what they did is if you look at the angle on a protractor They took the roundness of a protractor protractor, and told you that you're standing on top of it instead of using the flat plane that you used to derive the angle in the first place. Mm. Because people don't realize that any angle you make to the sky requires a flat baseline. Because two angles need two straight lines. So, you know, people will try to prove that, you know, the Earth is moving because like of something in the sky. But in reality, it's like, if you're looking in the sky, you're already creating an angle with a flat baseline. So like you're already using the concept of a flat earth to try and determine that you're standing on a ball, which doesn't make any sense, right? So there's just like, if you're going to say you're on a ball, then the that means that uh, the ball that we're standing on has to adhere to spherical geometry, which it doesn't. So that's the basis for how you debunk what they claim the Earth is, a spheroid with a certain radius.
0: Yeah, I think it's fascinating. But but then again, like I mentioned earlier, I, there was a guy, that, that a Christian truther, he was saying that it, it, it in the end it doesn't really, it, it matters because if they can make you believe that you're on a ball and that the whole universe was created out of the Big Bang, that God doesn't exist. So it takes God out of the equation. But but then you have all this infighting between people. Is the earth flat? Is it round? You know, it doesn't really matter. What matters is that you connect to source and to God and to ground to the earth and to listen to music that has 432 hertz and to pray and to be to have gratitude and to do all these things that, that are not taught in school. And I feel like I'm going to have to start a course or something to, like, Teach people the basics, like the basics to be grateful, how to start out your day, be grateful in the morning, uh, eat proper food, have connection to source, walk in nature, like do the things that like disconnect from the TV and the media. Like it's sucking up all your, your, your energy and attention. Me and Pete, we did something stupid last week. Um, I thought it would be a good idea to go watch the movie Doctor Strange, the new one about the multiverse. So we went and it, the fucking movie is literally about demons. And they mentioned the Illuminati straight out. Like the, the bad guys that are part of the Illuminati that Dr. Strange created. And I'm like, what are we watching? And then the parents were like lesbians and like man, th- through the whole movie, it kept getting worse. Like, and then what the movie basically is about is that there's this evil power that wants to, that wants to suck up the power of all the, the Marvel heroes so he kills them and takes their energy and he sucks up their power and now he can use that power so there's this little girl and it's strange because her name in the movie is america and throughout the movie they'll be like we have to take the power from america america has to be taken down and it's like so obvious and in your face like how are you not seeing this and what they want to do to america is they want to sacrifice her like they literally have this woman the witch that the what's her name wanda Wanda from WandaVision, she's like a witch, and she's all in red. She's basically the Scarlet Whore. And she, they put the little girl, America, on an altar, basically, and she's doing like witchcraft, and they bring demons into the place. I'm like, what the hell? I told Pete, Pete, let's go. So we walked out of the movie. I'm like, dude, that was retur- Man, why did we do that? And I'm like, yeah. I, I like watching these movies because I want to see how they – Manipulate people, so I like to call it out and point it out and be like, Look, look, right here, this is what they're doing, this is how they put you in the spell, in the trance, and this is how they brainwash you. But I was just like, Man, we I can't believe that we gave money to Disney and we walked out and we're like, Damn,
3: I got pretty emotional over that movie. To be honest, Uh, what happened?
0: What was your experience? I
3: was just like, So, because I don't watch TV that much, so like, I was just like, I was like that, that, that movie, you know, I was like, I was feeling all the things in the movie the like propaganda the, the symbolism no, like no just like the the characters and stuff
1: on the emotional roller coaster yeah
3: yeah because i don't i don't watch tv that much and you know like i know when i do like i get like super sucked in like what i was saying earlier how like it just like captivates you for hours you know i was just like oh. i was like I, was just there. So I P, P, are
0: you ready let's just get get out of <laughs> here bro like, okay yeah I know.
1: But yeah, yeah the people that make so... these movies, they they know how to captivate the audience, and they also know how to like corrupt that. They they take that to their advantage and insert their, you know, propaganda or agenda or whatever. Mm-hmm. But that makes sense. definitely. makes you like
3: emotionally yeah. vulnerable and
1: like deceptive. Oh yeah, the emotional influence yeah. basically appeal to emotion. That's like the typical the textbook. Uh, manipulation strategy, right?
0: Right. So. They rile you up, and then they insert their propaganda that, that surpasses your logical thinking mind, and it goes into your, like, subconscious mind. Exactly. Okay. All right, so this was a pretty great talk. Uh, it sucks we had audio issues in the beginning. I'm going to see if I can make it sound good, but it was great talking to you. Um, we're gonna. Def- I want to definitely have you on again and talk about, like, your bicycle trip and, like, all the stories. So maybe you can, like... Um, Get your thoughts in order so we can like have a have a discussion about how it started and how it went through and your stories yeah. and all the people. That would be you awesome. met. Yeah. So as we close out, I like to ask people to like give a piece of um, what's a piece of information that you can share with the people that they can carry with them to help them in their life and in their days that that'll have a positive impact. That's a
1: good, great question. I mean, I wish I could fit a lot into that. Just something, anything,
0: anything simple. It doesn't have to be anything
1: really deep. I think finding gratitude in things and staying away from like, I think one of the biggest things I see in people is kind of like not trusting the universe is working in their favor. So just kind of really accepting that things are happening for you and not against you, right? So, and just really have trust in the the strength of our body right our bodies are powerful they can withstand a lot so even if you know you get scalped like me you know you can still rise to the top and right really bring out the best of yourself
0: yeah, y'all heard it here, folks. So gratitude—that's another thing, Pete and I really, really harp about. Like to really be gratitude, and that's how you—that's easy, an easy way to get out of depression or a bad mental loop. Just be—all the things that you have now, at one point you wished you had them, you had them, and now you do. And like people get so caught up in the mundane world, and they just want more and more, and they don't care to be uh, to have gratitude to what they do have. And it's just like, come on, people. But um, it was great talking to you, Mr. Uh Can you give them your website so people can go check out all that music? I-, I was listening to it, and you even have a Immortal Technique song on there, and it's tuned to four forty. And Immortal Technique is usually pretty dark and stuff, but this song kind of put me in a good in a good uh, vibration. That's cool. You
1: got to share that. With uh, it's interesting how any song can be used to, like, be healing, just right. tuning it. But my website is it's basically my first and last name. Uh, A-R-I-A-N-T-E-L-L-E-Z dot Wixsite dot com slash, and then it's Cymatic Earth.
0: Right. I'm going to put it on the Mm -hmm. notes so people can get on. But yeah, man, y'all go check it out and listen to that music, man. It definitely has an impact. Like music's so powerful. Like I said, you could put a rock song and then a classical music song, and it'll totally put you in a different mood. So I want to end with this song called "Calling Wisdom." It's uh, I like to listen. I don't really have music with lyrics on my, on my on my Spotify playlist. Other, it's either abstract music or meditation music or like positive stuff like Bob Marley and stuff. But uh, this, I like to listen to abstract music. So this one's kind of like a, It sounds like ancient music, so I like meditating to this. So um, it's gonna be about five and a half minutes. I'm gonna play it and just stick with us. I want to talk a little bit with you after we get off the air. And uh thank you again for coming on, brother. I really wanted to talk to you and um uh we're gonna talk soon. You have any any lasting questions, Pete? Uh, no,
3: no, but that was all like that was really cool, all of that. Really enjoyed it.
2: All right,
0: all, right. all right, so thank you, brother, for being on and people know thyself, improve thyself, find the others, and then you'll know what to do. Peace. Yeah.
2: Sure, man. Appreciate you. peace.